Now, how about we go to the Bible since we're real spiritual right now? Anybody love the Word of God? Amen. The Bible is a great thing to do when you feel the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus oftentimes would use the Word when he was in the Spirit because the Word and the Spirit are best friends, and they work really well together. And that's why we preach when the Spirit of the Lord is moving. Even if we didn't do it just like this, there would be a word go forth. There would be a word go forth. Because God wants to create something in us. He wants to create life. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Let's go to the word today. John 3, 1 through 9. We've got a lot to do. We've got to do this. We've got to pray at the end. We've got to greet our guests. We've got a meeting and we've got to minister to Austin today. We've got a big day today. What a great day. John 3 and 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a man of the Pharisees, religious man. He was high up in the Pharisee religious order. He was a ruler of the people. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Yeah, I, I, I may not know a lot about what's happening, but I can tell something's happening. He was a religious man. He knew the law, and he didn't understand all the stuff that Jesus was doing, kind of like some of our guests today. They don't have a clue what's going on right now. It, it just seems strange. I don't understand all this. I see things happening, but I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't add up to me. It doesn't compute with my logic, what I've come from, what I've learned my past and my history and my perspectives. None of this makes sense. And out of all the things that Jesus could have responded to, this very educated religious man, he decides to pull out this powerful revelation for what we know the first time in Scripture. And, and I ask questions when I study, and I ask the Lord, why would this be the man that you would unveil this message too. Let's see what the message is. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, he got right to the point. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now this man is asking questions that he wants answers. And Jesus says, just get born again. It'll fix everything. <laughs> That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for answers. I'd like to have a discussion with you. I'd like to sit down and have a debate. No, we're not doing that today. Go get born again. Because until you're born again, you can't, you can't see. Wow. Nicodemus said to him in verse 4, how can a man be born again? See? What? what are you talking about, Jesus? How can a man be born when he's old? I just don't understand. This is so confusing. I mean, Nicodemus is a smart man. But he thinks he's talking about a literal, a literal rebirth. He said, how could I get back in my mom's womb? I mean, he, he's smart, but not like street smart. Some of y'all are book smart. You're just not street smart. He's not talking about getting back inside a physical mother and having a second birth. I don't know what Nicodemus is going through tonight on this night, but he thinks Jesus is being literal because he can't see. 
The simplest things don't add up when you have not been born again. Talk to them blue in the face. If you're not born again, you can't see. That's why some of y'all right now are going, amen, amen. Others of you are going, huh. That's why you can preach to somebody and they're like, I got you. And somebody else is like, what? Because some of us are born again. And we can see. Jesus answered again. Jesus is playing along here. Okay, you don't get it. Let's talk more. Let's give you more information. Here you go. Here's more information. Most assuredly, I say to you, <laughs> unless one is born of the water and the spirit, I'll add a little more to it, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Sir, you can't even get in unless you can see, and you can't get in unless you're born again. You, you must be born again. What does that mean? Of the water and spirit. He added a little more to it, but he didn't add a whole lot more to it. He just kept deflecting the conversation back to, you and I aren't going to be able to have a good conversation until you get born again. Until then, it's just going to be a debate. It's going to be seeing differently. I'm going to make you mad. So I'll tell you what, go get born again and be like me and then see everything I see and then step into the kingdom that I'm in and then tell me what you know. Come get my spirit, come get my nature, and then when you have my spirit and my nature, you'll see things correctly, and you'll see the kingdom, and you'll enter the kingdom just like I am. In fact, better than talking about the kingdom, experience the kingdom. Isn't that the best teacher? All these folks talking about, I like to learn about Jesus. Come on in. Get born again. And then you'll see everything in the kingdom clearly. And he says in verse 7, well, actually verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and if you're born of the Spirit, your spirit. Do not marvel, I said to you. Don't be confused. Don't be shocked. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wants to. It wishes. And you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. That's got to really make people like Nicodemus frustrated that he can't figure things out. There are some people that can't stand not knowing where the wind comes from and where it goes. In fact, a lot of your prayers are the prayers like that. Where'd the wind come from today, God? Where is it going? And God's like, ain't going to tell you. You don't know everything. Get in the kingdom and you'll see clearly. Get in my spirit and it'll make more sense. Some things you can't figure out on the outside. You got to get into it. You got to be born again. But look what Nicodemus says in, in verse, verse 9. It's not working. It's not working, y'all. It's not working. Because you can't have a debate with someone who's locked up in tradition and perspective and history and past. There's no debating you. There's just you getting a new nature. And then we'll talk. Because you can't get through to some people when they're stuck and they're locked up and set in their ways. You just got to get born again. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. I'm, I'm glad you're all here. I'm going to switch over to this mic. Let's make sure this one sounds good here. Praise God. Mic check. It sounds a little bit different, but it's, it's easier. So um, we're pretty sure, according to the scriptures, that Jesus called younger men to be his disciples. We don't have any record of that really specifically, but we're pretty sure Jesus called younger men. We know that most men were married younger in their culture. And we know that Peter had a wife, one of the disciples. 
We know that they were fishermen, and they obviously had to have some strength and probably some youth to them. And so we can assume that Jesus picked younger men to be his 12 disciples because of history, because of the day. And many men back in those days would get married at the age of like 18. Brother Brandon, 18. And um, they didn't delay till 26, 25. They, they would get married younger and get their life started because they didn't have Xboxes back then and TikToks and their, their parents made them work and taught them how to be adults when they were young and didn't let them just do whatever they want. And so life started younger back then. And we are pretty confident that Jesus picked young men to be his followers. Maybe because the older we get, the harder it is for us to change. Oh my, Sister Heidi. It is good to see you. We love you, Sister Heidi, and we've missed you. It's so good to see Sister Heidi. I just caught eyes with her. We'll talk more. Can't wait to talk to you. The older we get, the harder it is for us to change. There's an old saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And so today I'd like to talk about old dogs (laughs) and new tricks. You can't teach, everybody ever heard that before? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I've got a young dog. I can't teach her new tricks either. (laughs) Much less an old dog. My dad has a very old dog. This dog hates every one of us. An overweight, uh, which I guess just comes with age, but overweight, metabolism, metabolism slowed down, a uh, little wiener dog, Dotson, and his name is, his name is uh, I think, Texan, and we've had this dog forever, and he is the crankiest old dog, and I get so frustrated at, at this dog sometimes because he won't listen, and my dad thinks that he listens to him, but he doesn't. It's just in his mind, and I think it's because he's blinded by love for the dog, and I'm not, not throwing my dad under the bus. I, I understand, and there's a lot of you here today that you love your dog, and your dog can do no wrong. Our church has a resident blind dog that hangs out in the office during the weekdays. <laughs> not my office. And, and you know, you, you really, an old dog, I don't expect a whole lot from an old dog. The old dog's been doing it a long time the way the old dog does it. And we don't expect for the old dog to learn new tricks because they've been set in their ways for so long. It's very difficult to get them to change. I even heard a report one time that, you know, uh, 90%, 90% of us will never change once we get older. Maybe 10% will change. This is a study that obviously wasn't done with people full of the Holy Ghost. But, but this is a study done with people in the world. People just really don't change that much. They don't. Maybe a life crisis, maybe a wreck, maybe a disease might get someone to change some. But to their core, people pretty much stay the same. And so today when I say old dogs and I say new tricks, I'm not really talking about your age, even though it does play a part. Because the older you get, the more in your ways you are set. They say we're supposed to deal with our kids when they're young because when they become teenagers, oh God help us. 
it's, it's too late. I mean, it's not completely too late, but it gets more difficult. I mean, it's different to be like, look, you're in trouble and you're like three foot tall and then they're six foot tall. And you're like, well, you're, you're scary now. I don't know. I mean, you're in trouble, but you know, you're, you're bigger than me. It's just not as easy when, whenever kids get older. That's why we're supposed to deal with children when they're young, when they're innocent and sweet. That's when you make sure that they get right because the older they get, the more set in their ways and it gets hard to talk to them. It gets hard to get through to them. They think they know everything. If teenagers are tough, think about people that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. So I'm not talking today about age. I'm talking about attitude. I'm talking about our ways. Because we become settled and locked into our past that our past has shaped us to be and we like what we like, bless God, and we have our patterns and we have our favorite restaurants that we go to and we don't change and we like the way we do things and we like the way things work and you organize your house a certain way and your kitchen and things go here and things go there and when you get older, you just get used to stuff. I tell my mom, I'm like, buy a new fridge. This one works fine. We've had this fridge a long time. I don't want to change. I like my life. I like my Tupperware, my old green Tupperware we've had for 50 years in our family. I've seen that cup since I was a baby. It works. Keep it. It's in the same spot, in the same spot in the house forever. When we get older, we have our things. We have our chairs. Anybody have your chair? Some of y'all got, y'all don't raise your hand. You got your chair. It's got cracks up in it. I'm not talking about, anyway, it's got, it's got, the upholstery has cracks. <laughs> Some of y'all need to pray through. It's got, it's, it's been worn out to fit you. That's a good way to say it. I, I, I'm going to move on. You've got your, you've got your chair. You've got your space. When you go into a man's home, sometimes there's a specific chair that you feel like may be the man's chair. And everybody knows you've got to usually check before you sit in it because you don't want to get in somebody's special chair. I've had people tell me, they come to my house, is this your chair? And I'm thinking, they're all my chairs. What you talking about? <laughs> it's my house. <laughs> what you talking about? My chair. This is an Old Testament house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, that's my wife's chair. Ask her if you can use it. <laughs> she bought it. She picked it out. No, no, yeah, it's, I don't care where you sit in my house, but some men have their spot, and people don't want to go into territory because they're set in their ways. I'll try to buy my dad a coffee from Starbucks. Nope, I'm good. Where's the Folgers at? <laughs> Would you like to have something, maybe craft coffee somewhere? I'm good. Where's the Folgers at? Can we change your mind? Nope, I'm good. Where's the Folgers at? That Folgers is the cheapest coffee in the entire world. It's the bottom of the barrel. You want to try something? You like coffee, right? I like coffee. You want to try something different? Nope, I like my Folgers. We, yo, it's okay. We get set in our ways, and the older we get, the less we want to change. We get comfortable. It's, it's, it's easier whenever you get set in your ways. We don't want to try to become somebody brand new. We get settled in. Yeah, speaking of coffee, we have coffee rituals in the morning. Some of you have things you do. It's your pattern in the morning. Don't mess with somebody's morning pattern. You stick to that pattern, and that's your pattern. How many of you have a little morning pattern and your spouse knows, don't mess up my pattern? 
it ain't going to be good for you, you mess up my pattern. This thing has been set a long time, I like it. It keeps me out of bed in the morning, it keeps me happy, it gets me going. I got my pattern. We know for a fact that kids, youth, are easier to mentor and to mold when they're younger because they care so much about what he thinks about them that they're willing to change to fit in with whatever new thing is happening. We know this from our children. And I thought to myself, how many of our elders are trying to make TikTok videos? <laughs> well, I can't wait to go viral today. It's like, I'm so glad I'm, I'm over that age where I could care less about things like that. Because young people, they, they care about things like that. They want to, they want to adapt. They want to change. They, they wear one group of clothing and hang out with these friends at high school and they switch next week when they have new friends. And now instead of wearing this, they wear that because they want to fit in. They want to adapt. They want to change. But when you get older, you're like, I could care less what you think about me. Like when I'm younger, it's like you try to get your hair right. And now, I, I, haven't, I haven't had a professional haircut in probably years. My wife does it. And I do a little bit too. And the philosophy is, if she messes up, I'm going on dates with her later that night anyway. So it's... <laughs> this is my wife. <laughs> She's like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad I'm over. Anybody glad you're over the years where you had to worry about what everybody thought about you, got some things figured out. I'm so thankful. I'm glad I got over those, the acne stage where I looked like I had about a thousand Rudolphs on the front of my face. I could, I could have taken every one of Santa's sl uh, sleds out for Christmas. I'm so glad I'm over that stage of life. I even tried that tent stuff one time. You know that little medication with the brown stuff in it to where you could hide it? It looks worse than the acne. It looks like you just got little, like you don't know how to put makeup on right. You just, you know, just going around doing islands of makeup all over your face. And so I, I just got over that and just started to just, just own it. And uh, boy, I had it bad when I was younger. And it used to bother me so much. I would stress about it. Sit in the mirror being like, no one's going to like me when I get to school. Isn't that sad? That's so sad that you feel judged like that when you're younger. But when you're young, you care about things. You're impressionable. And so when I was growing up, I, I, I had those problems, and it bothered me so much. We even took some kind of experimental drugs, and they went away for a while. And, and, then, and then after my acne went away, it got me in trouble because then the girls started paying attention to me. And then more problems. And you know, that's why I have, the philosophy, I have the philosophy that the two best things for kids today is acne and crooked teeth. That... That keeps them out of a lot of trouble. My kids are going to want both, and I'm like, no, I'm going to save money, and you're going to get out of trouble. That's what's going to happen. Yep. I'll save the money, and they'll save themselves from marriage. That's what will happen. So now I'm almost 40, almost 40 in September. Help me, Lord Jesus. Three kids, married. Should have said married first. Married. Three kids. I'm pastoring now, and listen, y'all, I, I could care less. I'm rocking sweater vests these days. I don't even care what you think about me. I wear Crocs with socks all day long. They got a thing now called stretch jeans, which are hypocritical pants, because jeans don't stretch like that. I'm not sure they're jeans at all. 
I feel like they're like wood floors with veneer on top. It's just fake wood floors. It's fake jeans. It's just jean print on top of elastic pants. And honestly, I don't care at all because I got to an age where I'm more set in my ways. I'm stable and I'm not worried about it. There are days I literally will go out the door thinking, you know, I don't look very fancy, but I sure feel good. Anybody, anybody ever have those days where you're like, just don't care? <laughs> you're just like, just don't care, but I feel good, right? I mean, you ain't paying my bills. So I mean, I'll, you know what I've learned? Rich folks, they can be driving a Ferrari, get out in a, in a jogging pants and a t-shirt. And we're all like, dude, how'd you do it? Well, it's amazing what you can wear when you drive a Ferrari. It's just, you're just you don't care. You, you're stable. You're over it. I am what I am. I got it figured out. Who cares? Jesus had robes and a flip-flop. I feel like I'm doing a little better than that, you know? So, so I'm over it, and I, I am so glad I'm over it, and I know that when you're young, you care, it matters, you adapt, you change, you listen to people, what people think about you matters. I mean, there are young people these days that are going in depression over somebody says something over the internet to them, because they care so much, and they're so impressionable, because when you're young, you're impressionable. I also want to add that our, our boys, our young boys get very energetic when they're young, and I just want a, a side note. I was at the birthday party yesterday for, uh, for Ida, and I was looking around watching our boys. It looked like they all needed some medication. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, it's just a miracle nobody's died yet. I mean, I, I look up to see if my boy is acting good inside the jump house, and they're, they're doing WWE slams up in there, you know? I mean, I even saw sisters knock each other down like, boom, you know? The parent didn't see it, and, and nobody got hurt that bad. And so I just let it go. And, but, but, man, you look at the boys, and the boys running around, and these days we're like, man, something's wrong with my boy. And I'm like, no, there's not. This boy was built for war. This boy was built to work. This boy was built to do something with his life. There's nothing wrong with that boy. He just needs some help. He just needs some direction. And we're living in a day now where our boys are running around and, 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 and maybe, yeah, maybe they, they have too much sugar. Maybe they have too much technology. Maybe there's some things we could do better with our boys. But, but really, our boys, they just want to grow. They just want to do something and be something. They just want to be busy. I, I really don't think our boys have much of an ADD problem as much as they have a DAD problem. And I think if we could add in the DAD, it would fix a lot of the ADD. In fact, I kind of think AD, ADD stands in some cases for adult deficit disorder. Not attention. Oh, attention? Maybe it is attention deficit. Maybe it's not their attention. Maybe it's your attention. So I'm, I'm just adding that in today because our, our youth, our kids are impressionable. We've got to protect them because as they get older, they get more set in their ways and we've got to make sure that they are the right mold before they get older. Jesus goes up to these young disciples and says, let's go. And they're like, okay, without explanation. They're not playing the Nicodemus game. They're not saying, well, I've got 40 questions to ask you, Master, before I follow you and give my life up. They're saying, let's go. Hey, will you quit your job and follow me? Absolutely. When do I start? Only young people will do stuff like that. Only young people will just leave out their house for some woman, some girl, some girlfriend. 
Only young people will be like, that's it, I give it all up, I'm in love. You're not even thinking straight, you're not even rational. Young people will do things like that. Young people will go out on a limb by faith. They haven't had enough experience to tell them no. They haven't had enough experience to teach them how to fight back or argue or get it all figured out. They just open up by faith and say, you look like the Messiah to me. I'll say, let's go. Let's go do it. And this is amazing to me that people would just give up their life and follow Jesus. But I think it's because they were younger. They had not had enough time for major hurt, for suffering, for bitterness, for false ideologies, for divorces and pain and problems. They're blank canvases. And it's so much easier when somebody has an open spirit, open heart, and they haven't been tainted and ruined by poor, false doctrines, beliefs, and lies. But then in John chapter 3, an older man comes up to Jesus with great curiosity. In John 3 and 1, this Pharisee named Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews and he asked a question, or he actually made a statement. And he says, I, I know that, that you must be from God. I don't get everything happening. I like to ask you a bunch of questions because I'm curious what you're doing doesn't add up with where I've come from. What you're doing doesn't make sense logically to me. I have been doing things so much this way that the way you're doing it is very odd to me and I'm confused and I love to know more. Nicodemus is a great teacher and a rule of the Jews. He knows the law of God. He's set in his ways and he's curious about Jesus. He comes to him by night, probably because he wants to make sure and protect his reputation. And out of all the things Jesus could have replied with, look what Jesus says. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I ask, what kind of, what kind of answer is that? You would think that Jesus would have taken this opportunity to explain the mysteries of God to him or identify himself plainly, but no, he doesn't play the game. Instead, he says, you can't see right if you don't get right. You can't see right if you don't become born again. This is the first time we find the words born again being used ever. Why now? Nothing I say will really make sense to you, Nicodemus. Standing outside the kingdom, you will think I'm a wild man. Standing outside the kingdom, you'll think I'm of the devil. Standing outside the kingdom, none of this will ever make sense to you. The only way to ever get you to get right and to think right and to see right is for you to be born again. And right on cue, what happens? Look what he says in verse 4. But how can a man be born when he's old? Do I need to get back into the, to the womb? And Jesus has to go back over it again. In, that, in fact, this time he says, well, let me explain it to you like this, okay? You've got to be born of the water and the spirit. Being born again is the water and the spirit. Now, we know with the fullness of context of Scripture that being born of the water is going down in the name of Jesus and baptism, the baptism and the water of submersion. We know that is the baptism and that is being born again of the water. So what is being born again of the Spirit? We know it's receiving the Holy Ghost. And now we're being born of the Spirit. This is how we become born again. But he didn't know all that yet. Because it wasn't time for that to be taught. It wasn't time for that to be received. So why did he decide to tell Nicodemus, Listen buddy, here's a word for you. You've got to be born again. Why not the disciples? Why not the children? 
Why nobody else? Why does Jesus choose this man to tell him, you grown successful man have got to go back and start over? Notice how Jesus handles the old dogs who think that they can learn new tricks. You can't. You're so set in your ways that you can't just learn something new. You've got to start over. You must be born again. The young and open guys get the follow me, but the older, established, set in their ways get you must be born again. Why? It's not just an age I'm talking about today, church family. It's an attitude. It's an attitude that we have. I'll believe it when I see it. You won't see it till you're born again. Well, I believe it when it makes sense to me. I don't understand, and until I, until I understand, I'm on this side of the kingdom. You will never understand. You will never truly grasp the mysteries of God holding on to the past truth that you think you know about God. You must be willing to start over. I found that many want Jesus to fix them, to get them back to normal. But listen to this. We don't just want to start over, church family. We, want, we, don't, we, we say we want to be repaired. That's what we say to God. We say, God, repair me, fix me. Just don't let me be reborn. I don't want to start over. You know, being reborn is like a cuss word to people because that means you've got to become a baby again. I, I, I would never become a baby. I'm a grown man. I would never become a child. I am a mature adult. How's that working for you? How's it working for you having in all your life and experience? How's it working for you, Nicodemus? You must be born again. So we'd say to God, God, I don't want to be reborn. I want to be repaired. I want you to fix me. But that's not what we need. We don't need repair. We need a rebirth. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Listen, we can't be repaired into the kingdom. We must be reborn into the kingdom. Yeah. To be repaired simply turns back the clock and turns us back into Adam before he sinned, but it doesn't defeat sin or the desire to sin. I do not want to be repaired back to before when we sinned because that does not fix the future destiny of humanity. I don't want to go backwards to be innocent like Adam. I want to go forward to overcome like Jesus. You got in trouble. Listen to me. Don't daze off now. You messed up. You got in trouble. You made bad choices. And you came to Jesus for repair. And your prayers are repair prayers. And your repairs are God fix this marriage. But don't fix me. 
Don't make me start over. Don't make me go back to the beginning. Don't make me go back to the root system of my bad spirit. Don't make me have to start over. I don't want that life. I just want to stay Nicodemus and add your power. I want to stay a law, a law professor. I want to stay a Pharisee. I want to keep my job and I want to add in your anointing. He said you can't do it that way, buddy. If you're going to have this life, you've got to be willing, Nicodemus, to start brand new you're not just broken you've got a wrong spirit you must be born again you must get the right spirit enough of this trying to fix the symptoms of our life if you're not willing to be born again you're not going to get this right I don't want to come to God today and say God fix something I want to fix the root of it And the root of it is going back to the beginning of how I got in this shape in the first place. Oh, God, give me a handout, but don't make my heart have to change. Don't make my mind have to change. Don't make me have to give up everything. Just fix me so that I can continue to not need you tomorrow. Repair me, God. That's not how this works in a kingdom church family. Marvel not that I say unto you, You must be born again. Let me close the day with with this. The message of being born again was first delivered to a know-it-all religious politician who was too afraid to meet Jesus in the daylight. He didn't get the typical message like those at the bottom who had every last ounce of pride beaten out of them. No, he got a different message. You know what the message is? The message is, you've got to start over if you're going to make it. I know you don't want to because you might lose all of your reputation, but you're going to have to lose it. I don't want to because you might lose everything you've gained so far. And the older you get, the more you have. And the less you want to change. And the harder it is for you to be born again. This is why usually it's younger people that are easier to reach. Because older people, they've been saved for so long, you can't unsave them. It costs more the older you get. Because you're starting over at the bottom. Yeah? So he didn't get the typical message. Look at me, daughter. Be healed. I love you. Thy sins be forgiven. He didn't get that. You know what he got? you got to be born again. Because this message is for everybody who's so set in your ways that you think that you can just deal a little with God and get a little help today. But if you have that spirit about you that says, I'm set in my ways, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Marvel not that I say to you, you must become born again. Jesus went straight for it. You can't learn new tricks, he said. You can't add Christ to your flawed ideas and lifestyle. They will fight each other. They're enmity with God. You can't add in the teachings of Jesus holding on to your teachings. You have to lay them down. You've got to give them up. You've got to have a complete reset. Uh, you know what? There, there needs to be a great reset, not in the world, in our hearts. We need to reset everything we've called truth, everything we thought was right. We need to lay it all down at the feet of Jesus and let him remake us. Let him let us be reborn again. 
Listen to this, reborn suggests a fresh start. You get a new daddy. You get a new mama. You get a new family. You get a new name on you. You get a new past. You get a new future, a new mission, a new purpose, a new destiny, new truth, new life. When you're born again, all things become new. You become a new creation in Jesus. All things have passed away. All things have passed away. Get rid of the old things so a new thing can come. There's a spirit in us that says, give me the old things. And Jesus says, you've got to be born again, old things. What will it cost me to be born again? I've got to start back at the bottom. Yeah, you do. Can you imagine the great Nicodemus coming to discipleship class the next week he gets converted? Hi, I'm Nicodemus. I'm new here. <laughs> uh, Nicodemus, we know you. Yeah. Oh, well, this is my first time. I just talked in tongues for the first time, got baptized. I, I don't know anything about this life. How humbling it must be to be Nicodemus with a bunch of 18-year-old boys. And this is why people like Nicodemus don't get born again. Because they just want to understand God from afar. They don't want to actually dive in and sacrifice. So I say stop trying to figure out how to see the kingdom and enter the kingdom without having to start over. I I, I think that there's probably lots of people in our church today that you have been baptized in Jesus' name in water. And you have received the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues. But did you catch the symbol? That was a new birth. Old things are passed away. It was not just a ceremony we did in church to help you get saved. It was a complete mind shift. When you go down in the water and you are full of the Holy Ghost, you are now babes in Christ. And that means you don't know anything. Just like a baby starts over. Y'all, it's an attitude. It's an attitude. If we don't get the attitude of a fresh start and a willingness to say, I don't care how old I am, I'm starting over, and I'm living it righteously. Listen, it's not too late, Nicodemus, for you to be born again of water and spirit. Jesus would not tell you to be born again if it was too late. Jesus would not look at you with all of your accolades and success of the world and tell you, be born again if you couldn't do it. He said, yes, even you, Nicodemus, has the capacity to get into the kingdom, to see and to enter. But you've got to be willing, old man, to give it all up and start again and confess you don't know everything. And that right there, that pride is what will keep people out of heaven right there. Oh, I know a lot about God. I've been knowing God all my life. But have you been born again? Have you ever gone through the stages of a baby where you asked lots of questions, needed the church, needed a pastor? You were curious. You were fed. You changed everything about who you were because this is about being born again, church. It's not just a ceremony of getting wet and and saying funny languages. This is about a mentality shift. I am no longer that person. I am no longer that person. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have or what you've done heretofore. When you get born again, you are nothing like you were before. Everything shifts. Everything changes. Hear the message today to Nicodemus. 
And you must be born again. Matthew 18 and 1, at the time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Well, surely it's the legal scholars, it's the elders, it's those who've been doing it the longest. Surely it's the people that have done it the longest. Matthew 18 and 2, then Jesus called up a little child. Aspen, come here. Want to help me? Come up here. Jesus called up a little child in the midst of Verse 3, he says, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now it makes sense, doesn't it? To be a child, childlike faith, surrender, forgiveness, second chances. You have some bad days, but you, you still love your father. Moldable, easy to deal with, trainable, teachable, except you become, except you become like a child. You can't even be saved. Enough with all of our pompous attitude of pride that we're older and established and arrived. This is not what the Lord is looking for. That is no way for you to enter or see the kingdom. And I'm telling you right now, if you're here in this room today and you are so arrived and you're so established, you're not going to see one thing that God has for you. You can't see it. You can't enter it. And the only way for you to get what God has is for you to get the mind of a child that says, I don't know everything. You can lead me, Father. You can teach me, Father. I'll start over. I'll start back at the beginning. I'll give everything up that I thought I knew. I'm willing to trade it all in to make sure that I can see and enter the kingdom. You've got to be willing to give up everything you've worked for. If you're going to see and enter the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Therefore whoever humbles himself as this little child. Is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now I hope that the gospel story is starting to add up to you. Jesus is trying to teach all of us. That we have got to get more than just a watery grave. And a powerful experience in the Holy Ghost. We've got to have the mentality that whatever I brought to Christ is no more. That whatever education I think I have before the Lord, it is no more. Everything is submissive now to this new birth experience. I know nothing except I know Christ. Paul said, I chose to know nothing except him and him crucified. How does someone who sat at the feet of learned teachers like the Apostle Paul say, I've, I've decided to not know anything except because he said, I have become again a child. I have become again a student of the Lord. I have ignored all the ways that I have learned on the streets, all the ways I've learned at corporate world. I have forgotten everything I've learned from my abuse and my pain and my suffering. And I have said, I am now a brand new child. I'm innocent again. 
again. I'm open again. I'm willing for God to train me again. You've got to have that spirit if you're going to see the kingdom and enter the kingdom. Hear me today when I tell you, let's be born again. Let's start fresh. Let's be willing to reset everything we think we know. Thank you, Aspen. You can go down. And I just felt so strong last night. The Lord just say to me, people, people worship me. They come to church, but they, they are not willing to be born again. And this is why Jesus chose to talk to Nicodemus about it. Because some people you can't get through to unless they're willing to start over. They've got way too much baggage, way too much history. And when I say something faithful to them, they say, no, it can't happen. What do you say to people who will not receive your words of revelation? Enough talk. Let's go get baptized in Jesus' name. Let's go get the Holy Ghost. Let's get you starting over afresh so that you can see clearly, so you can hear clearly, so that you can get everything you need. If you're not willing to lay down your life, your identity, everything you've learned and done, then you cannot see the kingdom. You will walk the rest of your life looking for repair, but never looking to be reborn. You'll come to church saying, I'm broken again, God. That's because you won't go back and start over. God's been putting in my spirit. There are so many things that you've got in your past from baggage because you won't start fresh. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ. When you decide to be born again, what past? What, what, what are you talking about? Never, it, it's not real now. There is no what used to happen to me. That did not happen to me. That happened to the old me. Oh, I've been through so much. Something happened to me. That didn't happen to you. That guy's dead. Your entire perspective has shifted, has changed. And the older you get, the harder it is for you to hear this preacher say, you must be born again. We've been having this thing happen recently where people have been wanting to get baptized again for the second time. You know why? Because they said, when I was young, I felt the pressure to get baptized in Jesus' name because it's what we did. But I didn't understand it. Now I'm older. Now I've, I've been through some things. I've dealt with some struggles, some real stuff. And now I understand the principle of going down in Jesus' name. I need to be free, Pastor. I was baptized when I was eight, but I've been through some sin until I was 21. I was baptized whenever I was younger, and, and I, I, but I did some things when I was 25 that I regret, and I feel like it's all over me still, and I feel like it got in my mind, and I feel like it got in my heart, and I can't even see the things you're talking about, and I can't even get through, and it doesn't make sense when you talk, and when you preach, things don't click, because you can't understand this unless you're willing to give it all up. Stop being the guy you are. Stop being the people you are. Lay it all down. Be born again. I know today you want to be saved, but do you want to be born again? Because Jesus said, marvel not, you must be born again. Are you willing today to lay down everything that's happened to you? Every life experience that you call truth to get real truth? I'm telling you right now, your experiences are not truth. 
They're real, but they're not truth. You just think you've known truth. You know, the most frustrating thing in the world to me is talking to someone who doesn't know truth. I can't even get through to them. They think they're so right. You know why? Because that's the old them talking. Not the new them. But the new man, he gets it, he feels what I'm saying. The new man you connect to, the new woman you connect to, you feel in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because they're finally starting to see clearly. Some things I can't change by reaching to you today. Some things I can't help you with. There's some things that you will just beat your head against the wall and say, why can't I figure this out? Because you're not willing to go down to become an infant again in this kingdom. You love being a king in the earthly kingdom. You can't stand being a baby in God's. But Jesus said, except you become as a child, you will never be great in my kingdom. Let the grown men cry. Let the grown men call out to their father. My son is very tough. He wants to run, play, and fight, but there's times he can cry because he's young. And young kids weep. And young kids cry. And young kids ask for help from their father. I'll lay it all down, but I'll never be great in the kingdom unless you're willing to be a child. Enough of this pseudo-maturity where we think we have all the answers. We think we have it all figured out, but we don't. Nicodemus, you don't. The reason why you've come to Jesus in the middle of the night is because all your knowledge, all your power, all your politics have never been enough for you. You still need to start over like everybody else. Oh, I wish today somebody get a spirit about you that says, I'll lay it all down. I'd lay it all down. I'd lay all my education at the feet. I'd lay down my position at the feet of Jesus. I'd lay down who I think I am at the feet of Jesus. I'd do that to become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's backwards in the church, family. It's backwards in the kingdom. You've got to be willing to be remade. Willing to start over. But all the years I've built, I don't want to lose it. What are you losing? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What are you going to lose? You've gained nothing if you have not gained Christ. You see nothing if you are not born again of the water. You see a mirage in the desert. You see deception, but you don't see truth. You don't see Jesus. You don't see heaven. What's the point then? Let's become his children again. Let's worship him as children again. Let's become open again and pure. I know some of you have been abused and hurt, but you know what? You can fix that by getting newness again. You can fix what's been done to you with the new birth experience. All things are made new now. You can get rid of your offenses. You can get rid of all your habits and your bitterness if you can have the mentality, I am now new. I am now new. Those days are done and they're gone. I see clearly now. I'm new. I'm not the victim. I'm the victor. But what about my business and my money? It's all God's now. What about everything I've built up, my kids, my family? All, all changed now. But listen, here's the good news. When you're born again and you come out of that conversion, you see. 
You see, it was never yours anyway. You see, right now you're so hurt and so confused about God because you're on the outside talking to me. And I can't get through to you, but I know he's real because I've been there. I've been born again of the water of the Spirit. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I've come out of the grave. I've come out in power. And I've seen. I'll believe it when I see it. Come. Come. Come see for yourself. I'm tired of trying to beg people, come, there's an answer for you, Nicodemus, and it's called being born again. That's when you can know for you, and it won't just be me telling you anymore. If you're older today and you're set in your ways, I got a message for you. Come start over. Be a child. And be great in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. You're a grandpa to somebody, but you're just a baby to Jesus. You're a grandpa to somebody, you're just a child to the king of kings. Jesus, help us, God. Y'all, there's men in this place right now, you don't even know how to worship because you think that you're grown. You're not to God. I don't want to be grown to God. I want to become as a child to Him. Pastor, you sure to cry a lot because I'm in his presence. Because I'm trying to be humble and open. I'm trying to be like a child. I'm trying to be like my kids are to me. I'm trying to be vulnerable. I'm not trying to know it all because I don't know it all. But he does and I can see clearly when I'm right with him. Enough of this tough man act. Enough of this tough woman act. Stop all that. When it comes to your walk with God, I know nothing. When it comes to Jesus, I'm just a child. He holds my hand through the, through the traffic. He makes sure that I don't choke on my food. He buckles me up in my car. And it's okay. And it's all right. Because I'm the greatest when I become as a child. 